Ride With Us, presented by Ace, the American Coaster Enthusiasts. Welcome to Ride With Us, Us. presented by the American Coaster Enthusiasts, a group of super fans with a mission to appreciate, promote, and preserve roller coasters around the globe. globe. It's time to keep your hands and feet inside the podcast at all times. Here's your hosts, Clint Novak and Chris Roberry. Hey, what's going on, everyone? It's Clint Novak. And Chris Roberry, and welcome to the December Ride With Us podcast. You feeling festive yet, Chris? Oh, yeah. Fa-la-la-la-la. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it's different, there's no doubt, but at least it's a great time of the year to be thankful for everything that we have with all of our ace friends and family. And for those of us who can go out to some parks, it's a really special opportunity to see the parks in a whole new light in some ways quite literally i have the biggest smile on my face because this past weekend a park that was not going to open in 2020 i had a chance to go check out so i was at king's dominion with uh, ace member sam marks and taylor bybee so i had a i had a blast I bet you did. And in fact, later on in the podcast, we're going to be talking about how COVID is making these holiday events a little bit different. But at the same time, it's a little slice of normalcy in a not so normal world, would you say? Yeah, uh, it's it's getting better. So that's the good thing. It's getting better. We're also going to discuss some holiday gift ideas for those coaster enthusiasts on your list. Because let's be honest, we're not that easy to shop for. Uh, Chris, what did you get me? Uh, I'm not telling. What's You're our, have to wait until we didn't December even, 25th. We didn't even discuss our limit on each other. I already bought a thousand dollars worth of gifts for you, so that oh, has to be the thousand dollars. That has to be the uh, minimum because I already did. I already spent that. Uh, well, uh, enjoy that installment plan that I'm going to be doing. Then. <laughs> <laughs> One whole year of Christmas gifts. We'll also uh, have a great sit-down session uh, with Dan from uh, Midway Mayhem. Who, uh, you know, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna just bite my tongue right now. I'm gonna let you finish. <laughs> I'm gonna let you finish, and then we'll we'll talk a little later about why I'm upset with Dan right now. Well, he's he's faux upset with Dan, but that's the good thing. But we're sitting down with Dan Lavelle of Midway Mayhem and Sarah Anderson, who started G-Force, which has been a really powerful social movement within the theme park fan community. It's a really great story. You're going to want to stay tuned for it. All right, but first, let's get that Ace Event Rundown. So at the risk of being a broken record, we know a lot of parks are closed because of the pandemic, but also now because it's winter. That being said, there are still many ACE regions doing virtual events. That, of course, includes the ACE SoCal Trivia Night and the ACE Mid-Atlantic Meetup. So, no matter what you're doing, whether it be online, maybe just looking back at old photos, or when you post them online, be sure to keep using those hashtags RideWithACE and hashtag ShareYourMoments. Together, we're going to get through this and there's always light at the end of the tunnel. And I feel like, Clint, the light's getting just a little bit bigger as we kind of descend a little bit later into winter. That's right. And that gives us a perfect segue into the holidays in the COVID season. And, uh, you know, we've had a chance to experience a couple different attractions over the last month. You uh, down in Texas and maybe other places and me here in Virginia. And uh, really, I... It's for me. It's great that uh, the parks are able to uh, start opening up and doing more things. Bush Gardens obviously uh, did their very small uh, events all the way through uh, the summer and into the fall. They were able to open it up a little more with uh, the holiday season because uh, the governor uh, relaxed some of the restrictions. Uh, Kings Dominion, which was not going to open, ended up being able to open. And I had a chance to do both of those events. Uh, again, much smaller events than what you would be uh, expecting if it was Christmas Town or Winterfest. Uh, you know, there's no ice skating and then, you know, a lot of, a lot less lights because they're using less area. Uh, Bush Gardens didn't have a lot of shows. They had some wandering uh, uh, entertainment and, and such, but no big stage production shows that they're known for. Kings Dominion had some shows. They also had some uh, food that was really good the, the one thing that we're all that everybody's talking about is the world famous cinnamon bread have you heard about this i heard about it i'm still shaking from the last time i ate it well you've had king's dominion's world famous cinnamon bread oh king's dominion cinnamon bread yes no, i was yes. thinking that was dollywood or no, no. city cinnamon oh, bread. No, well that's what you would think when you think world famous cinnamon bread but king's dominion has introduced king's dominion's world famous cinnamon bread even though they've never sold cinnamon bread before 
and the gauntlet has been laid. <laughs> but I will say it is very good, uh, very much on par with what uh, Dollywood does. Now, nowhere. Okay. It's on par with, in the sense that they're playing in the same golf course. But uh, uh, they, uh, Dollywood is a hole in one, and and Kings Dominion is probably you know like a you know, three or four. I don't know. I'm not a golf guy. I don't know why I use that analogy. Respectable, but it, but it was good. Score. Oh yeah, yeah. It was good. If I never had Dollywood cinnamon bread, this would be the best cinnamon bread. <laughs> It's hard to compete with Dollywood on that one, but it was very good. Uh, there's a lot of other food that was uh, just amazing. Uh, they had this um, uh, uh, grilled cheese sandwich that was really good. The gumbo. Oh, my God. They had a, a Christmas gumbo that was really, really good. Oh, and then, of course, the eggnog and cookie. Oh, you can get it naughty or nice. So I had it. I had it nice because I don't like to drink alcohol. It's crazy. You all can't see this right now, but Clint's screen is just like totally fogged up right now because it it's, just, it's getting hot in that studio. <laughs> let me tell you. It's like, what are you talking about? Yes, me talking about food. Uh, oh, oh, I forgot about the Fireball Cupcake too, which you have to be 21 or older to buy because well, the sense. frosting has uh, uh, all of that, you know, Fireball goodness with that chocolate. Oh. Oh, okay. Chris, it's your turn. We, we, better, we better change the subject quickly because you're about to pass out. Chris. Oh, I do want to say, uh, you know, both parks didn't have a ton of rides uh, open, uh, but, you know, King's Dominion, they did have uh, Racer 75, Dominator, uh, a lot of kiddie rides, social distancing on all their rides. Uh, Bush Gardens, a little different. They had Apollo's Chariot, uh, Alpengeist, Verbolton. No social distancing on the rides. They fill every row. Uh, Kings of is doing every other or every third, depending on the, the coaster. Um, so definitely social distancing going on there. But uh, overall, really impressed with both events. Really happy that they have people and lights up and all the stuff going on at the park. So I uh, had a great time. And, you know, the one event that I've really admired i think the most has been six flags magic mountain which normally you wouldn't think of as a holiday destination because they're really known more for their coasters and thrill rides but considering the california lockdown uh, which has not allowed any parks to open pretty much at all uh, and magic mountain doesn't really have any alternative way of opening saying for example there's a zoo like SeaWorld or discovery kingdom had they found a way and I think it's brilliant, and it is so L.A. It, the only thing it needs is an In-N-Out burger at the end of it. <laughs> but they have a drive-through light experience. So I, I'm one of the lucky people, and I, you are too, who's had an opportunity to drive through a closed theme park. It is a very surreal moment because you shouldn't be in a car in a theme park. But at Magic Mountain, that's the entire event. You stay in your car, so you're only with your family, and you get to see all the cool lights. You're literally driving around the park, up and over Samurai Summit. The costume characters are out there to greet you. Of course, you stay in the car the entire time. It's really a very unique and innovative way to stay safe, but still bring a little bit of normalcy to an area that has had pretty much none well, shoot, since pretty much about March. So I really kudos to the whole team down there at Magic Mountain for taking a, a difficult situation, to say the least, and really just being the best they can be. It really is what being a theme park is all about there is to bring joy to families. And Magic Mountain seems like it's just, you know, knocking it out of the park. There's there's one place uh, that I am I am super sad that I have not had a chance to go down and experience, but in Florida uh, uh, there is a place called Give Kids the World that has turned on a ton of Christmas lights and had donations and done all this crazy stuff, and uh, I don't know if you've seen pictures or not. I saw pictures yesterday. Uh, a helicopter flew over and took some aerial photos. And it's just phenomenal what they were able to do at give kids a world village it's stunning you should be able to see it from space oh easily easily yep it's it's just it's absolutely crazy it's really really nice and uh it's just one of those things where you know they're looking at ways to raise money and awareness and in a year where they uh, in, in a time where they can't have families on property uh they found something to do with the property that uh is just awe-inspiring it really is. And that just because the world is such a great charity. It's also Ace's official charity as well, by the way. So if you're looking to make that contribution, uh, they could sure use it right about now. 
I am uh, the top individual fundraiser uh, for uh, the Bush Gardens uh, 2019 team, and you know, I believe I've I got it for the. Before. I believe I got I've it for the Kennywood lot, team. Actually. I believe I got it for the Kennywood team in 2020. I just never got a plaque, so uh, you know, I just I don't know if it's if it was certified like Clint got this or not. Both times was raising money for Ace, and uh, uh, the Ace team also came in first place. So uh, it's always for a good cause. But oh yeah, yes. Can someone please get Clint a plaque? Yeah, you know, it actually, it makes me sad. I just sit back here and look at this 2019 plaque behind me, uh, and there's just, there's so much more room for a 2020 plaque right under it, and uh, I just feel like it's wasted wall space at this point. I mean, uh, my office is, is naked without that plaque, so... Yeah. Well, we'll have to get on that. 2021, we're going to fill that wall right on up. <laughs> All right. We, uh, when we come back, we're going to be talking about uh, great gift ideas for those hard-to-buy coaster enthusiasts. But first, let's jump into uh, the interview. Yeah, so we're really excited. I got a chance to sit down uh, with Dan Lavelle of Midway Mayhem and Sarah Anderson of G-Force. Now, Dan has been a Coaster fan, gosh, as long as I remember, because I first met him when he lived in California. Uh, And he moved out to Florida, and he's got some really great coverage of all the cool attractions going on in that park. And Sarah, who started G-Force, as a way to bring about more women into our fandom and community. And that's just such a great movement to get behind. She's also a bit of a controversial figure on some ends because she thinks that we should start calling roller coasters rollers. And oh my goodness, let me tell you the amount of people that just went ballistic when that started to catch on. Now, of course, it hasn't really caught on very much, but she always mentions it as a funny joke. I just don't know how much of a joke it is anymore, Clint, because she seems pretty committed to it. So with that, here's what they had to say. Well, this week, we're very excited to be able to introduce Dan Lavelle of Midway Mayhem and Sarah Anderson. Hi, guys. How are you? We're great. How are you? I'm doing so well. It's great to see your faces again. I know it's been quite a while, uh, obviously, since the last time I was able to make it to Florida. Uh, So, Dan, let's start with you. How did Midway Mayhem start? Uh, Long story short, I was working for another YouTube channel and... uh, I wanted to change, to be honest. I wanted to make my own decisions and have my own say as far as how revenue was going. And uh, I left that channel. And then and there was a period of time where I was thinking, what am I going to do with myself? Uh, I really didn't know. And then all of a sudden, I was at SeaWorld one day. And I was already covering Mako. So the ride was getting built. And the last thing that I had seen was it stopped at about the end of the drop. You know, I had the lift hill and all that. And people were asking, where are the photos? Where are the videos? And it wasn't out there. So when I started the new channel, Mako Madness, um, people started transferring over. And it slowly just developed from there, right? Yep. It all started with the Mako. Nice. We become a Madness <laughs> fan instead. No. <laughs> Mako Madness is done. (laughs) We are not Mako Madness anymore. It was pretty tough to, if you're doing a coaster channel and you name it to Mako Madness, what happens after the ride opens? You know, and that was our thought process. You post a video of you riding it every single day. No, negative. In different costumes. Negative. (laughs) So Sarah, how did you get involved in this whole madness that is the amusement park fan community? Well, I've always loved roller coasters. I've like I grew up a like an hour from Six Flags Great Adventure, um, and growing up, I went to like Cedar Point, Hershey Park, um, obviously all the Orlando parks. And I never really knew that there was a community of people that were so passionate and so tight knit. And I met Scott actually about like a year ago. And he kind of like slowly introduced me to everything. Um, I started meeting some people from Coaster Force, got to meet Dan, Taylor, obviously. And it kind of just took off from there. And it's been, <laughs> it's been a short, like it's been a brief time so far, but it's been action packed for sure. <laughs> what has your experience been? Because let's be honest, there aren't a whole lot of women that are really into this hobby. And I think that's a real shame. So what has your experience been? Well, as far as being a woman in the community, I mean, yeah, like you said, uh, it's definitely a male-dominated community. So most of the people that I met from the start were all men, you know, which, honestly, it does give you, like, a slight advantage when you're a woman in the community because there's fewer of us. So when you want to try to make something of yourself, you know, 
like I said, there's less of us, but I, uh, I ended up meeting a lot of girls at Hollywood nights, which was fantastic. I met uh, Gabby, who's the owner of G-Force and through her, I met a ton of other girls and it's, it's actually become very like close knit and we're all very like supportive of each other. And it's, it's been a great experience so far. Yeah. I seem to recall that there was an all female ride to start off or as part of ERT on the voyage this year, right? Yes, it was so much fun. Yeah, Gabby actually organized that. She came to me um, probably like a month before. Actually, I think it was Marcus from the Drunk Riders. He actually tagged me in her post um, about doing the female ride. And he's like, hey, like you should definitely get involved in this. And I saw it and I was like, absolutely. Like that's straight up my alley. Um, And I got in touch with Gabby and we kind of like started promoting it together. I think we were supposed to do it the first night of Hollywood Nights. Um, and they were trying to organize an all-female crew to actually operate the ride, which was even better than just having all females on the ride. Um, but it, it, something ended up not working out and we did it the next day and we got the first ride at seven o'clock on the dot for ERT on Voyage. And it was absolutely amazing. It was like a very empowering experience for sure. And that was kind of where the whole, all the girls becoming close to each other started. Cause I don't yeah. think a lot of us knew that there were so many girls in the community. I, I had no idea. And that was like a great way to like get introduced to each other. Definitely. And I think it's a great moment, I think, for the industry as a whole, too, because, you know, we're very much like a what Comic-Con was a couple of years ago where there wasn't a lot of female representation uh, in the fandom. And now you see that, no, it's pretty much on par. In some cases, it's more women than men in some of those aspects, which is great. I think it's wonderful for the diversity of the industry as well as just great to see that different perspective. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I, and I'm really excited about G-Force. It's a really good way for all of us to like connect and support each other um, in a more concise way where we don't have to just run into each other at the parks or just follow each other on social media. It's like one group where we can all talk. We can all get to know each other. So tell us a little bit more about G-Force. So what is it and how did it come about? Yeah. So like I said, Gabby was, this is like her passion project. Um, I got kind of asked to join after the fact. Uh, she partnered up with Taylor and Alec from Coaster Studios, who I'm sure everybody listening knows. Um, and they kind of came up with the idea that since Coaster Force, or not Coaster Force, Coaster Studios had such a huge following already that they would be a great partner to kind of get the word out. But the eventual goal was to have the entire organization be for women, by women. Um, but essentially what we want to do is we want to give a place for, for girls. And uh, we've actually since started accepting men into the group because, you know, we're always open to criticism and we're open to change. And one of the big things that has come up that women aren't the only victims of sexual assault and harassment. And that's a fact. And there's a lot of men in this community that have dealt with similar things. So we started accepting men into the group. So it's a little bit more broad now, but we're essentially trying to just give a support system for anybody who might need it, uh, who might feel um, underrepresented in the community, uh, who just needs someone to listen, anything like that. And we're going to try to organize different like events, like a sponsored events, like how we did the all girls ride on voyage. We're actually in talks with another theme park about doing like a G force day, like dedicated just to the organization and those in it. So it's still in the early stages, but we're, we have a lot of really good ideas that are in the works right now. But right now we're, uh, we have our merch shop, um, which is starting to take off actually, uh, where we're, we're donating all the proceeds that we get, um, to the One Love organization. It's it's great. I'm really excited about it. No, and I, that's wonderful. I think that's a, a great way to express the fandom and also bring more people into it with a yeah. more diverse viewpoint. That's wonderful. So, Dan, sort of shifting topics here just a little bit. How did you get into this fandom? I mean, obviously, you had been with some other websites before, but how did you discover them and what really blossomed your love of roller coasters so i mean this is that's literally a very 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 long story but uh to kind of narrow down i guess you'd say i had always been interested in roller coasters even when i was a young kid i would take printer paper and literally line it up like 15 sheets in a row tape it together and then literally draw a roller coaster from one side all the way to the other and that was my roller coaster um and then I, I started that. going to the parks a lot. At the time, Goliath was getting built. That's when it really kind of sparked my interest because it was a big, new, tall coaster. It was on all the TV channels and whatnot. And I really wanted to ride the ride. So I got more interested in it. And um, there's this is going to be an old school thing. So 
some of you guys that have been around a while will know Goose's Realm of Insanity. Goose's Realm of Insanity is where they had some photos that would pop up every now and then of the ride getting built. Uh, in fact, Goose's is where Goliath's layout got leaked um, on there. So it was kind of a neat experience. That's where it kind of started the fandom. Had a chance to ride Goliath, went to the uh, park pretty much every single weekend for like three weekends after that. And then unfortunately, um, a short time after that, my dad passed away. Uh, people will try to find escapes, you know, and theme parks were my escape. I was able to go there and kind of just self-heal and be able to enjoy myself and not have to think about about all the bad things. And that kind of sparked my love, but it also sparked my insanity of coasters because right after Goliath, X, Deja Vu, Goliath Jr. were getting built. We had Accelerator, so it was a coaster boom in California. I, I think a lot of that is pretty much what got, got me where do I am right now. That's such a great story to hear. And also, I think it's shared by a lot of folks, too, that parks really are an escape from the the real world, which, let's be honest right now, probably could use more now than any other time we've ever been around. Yeah, I fully agree on that. Of uh-huh. course, with all the difficult times, I mean, we had a period of time with Midway where we didn't do any coverage. I mean, obviously, our main premise is we follow construction of rides. It's really hard to do that when none of the parks are doing anything. So we took a big hit. But once things started going back into motion, track pieces were going over for the Velocicoaster, things picked up. The interest in the drive from the fans, they still wanted that coverage. And we were able to do it. And it just kind of, it really took off for us again. We were doing really well because of Iron Gwazi and Velocicoaster. But uh, obviously, with everything that happened, it slowed us down. But we're back on track now what has been your absolute favorite ride and this is for both of you to watch getting built or to cover all time Hmm. i suspect i may know dan's now but (laughs) no no actually oh go for it i'll I'll be honest and this is the fact that i had the ability to be so involved with the project is why it's my number one Orlando starflyer is my number one because literally from the first inception of it hearing the concept art and all that stuff to seeing the pieces arrive, to literally, once it started getting put together, I was able to meet the owner of the Starflyer. And it was just by chance. I'm out in the parking lot taking photos and whatnot. He comes up and says hi and whatnot, starts looking through some of the photos on my camera, and I don't know, it just kind of started from there. So they allowed me access onto the site to cover it up close, you know, exclusive stuff, and that means a lot to me. If parks want to do something like that, that'll speak volumes to me more than anything, just, you know, standing off to the side and taking a photo. But I had the opportunity to take rescue climbing courses with them for high, t- you know, high tower rides. And that was all done because of Orlando Starflyer and Magical Midway. In fact, just last week, I got certified as a rescue climber again so that I can do some future projects that are coming up and whatnot. So um, I, I think my favorite project overall has got to be Starflyer. But as far as like a coaster, it's got to be X. Oh, seeing the track show up and seeing four different rails threw everybody for a loop. I mean, it was awesome. And Sarah, yourself, what has been the ride that you have just been so excited to watch or and or cover being built? Like I grew up in New Jersey, so this is the this is definitely the closest I've ever been to theme parks to actually watch like the process and construction of a roller coaster. Because you know, if I wanted to go to Great Adventure, I'd have to drive an hour and a half to go see anything. So definitely the closest I've been has been watching the Velocip Coaster, Velociroller, whichever one you want to go with. <laughs> Being built, it's been so exciting because I can actually go to Universal day by day and see the changes, whereas anywhere else it would be, you know, large chunks of time in between getting to see all the different changes and developments that have been made. So definitely, definitely going to have to be the Velocicoaster for me. Not not just that. This coaster you can see from pretty much anywhere inside Islands of Adventure. Oh, absolutely. There's, There's a lot of projects that, like Hagrid's, you just couldn't see. No. Yeah, this is like way out in the open. So like anytime you'd stop by, you'd be like, oh, that's new. Oh, that's new. Oh, they put the top hat on. Dan's there and first thing in the morning recording it. <laughs> Dan, I was about to say, do, does the staff know you, Dan? Like when they do they just know that at a certain time every morning, here comes Dan from Midway Mayhem at the front well, gate? I mean, it's kind of interesting. I really owe the fans a lot. Um I don't show my face a lot on camera. I'm not trying to be somebody that constantly shows themselves. I consider myself theme park paparazzi. So I kind of want to be a little bit of incognito when I'm at the parks. But I've had times where I'm at the park with a face mask and everything else like that. 
and I speak and somebody literally turns their head and goes, what? And then they literally ask if I'm with Midway Mayhem. So even when I don't show my face, people are recognizing the voice, which is kind of nice. But as far as park staff, I've had security come up to me and I'm thinking, oh man, I'm in trouble. Something is going on here. And they come up, they come up and they say, hey, I love your work. It's really nice to be able to actually see the stuff. Uh, I share it with my friends and family because I can't talk about it or whatnot, but I show them what's going on. It's really neat. And I know a lot of the higher ups at the parks uh, over the last couple of years, we're watched by them often through their personal accounts, through the park accounts, whatever it is, but they're always on our page. And I, I think that's very humbling, knowing that some of the biggest, brightest minds in the industry are browsing our stuff. So speaking about humbling and speaking about just the biggest names in the industry, there's been a lot of buzz that you all have started recently because <laughs> you're trying to start another movement, aren't you, Sarah? <laughs> I'm not a part of this. I'm letting her take that one. <laughs> okay. Wait, so, Sarah, stop? you have taken it upon yourself to, as your mission in life, mm -hmm. to change the name Roller Coaster or Coaster there you go. to just Roller. Yeah. And, I mean, it has... It has sparked quite a bit of discussion. I mean, there's riots. I don't know. Like, it's crazy what's riots. going on. I'm not at these riots. I want to go. So <laughs> tell us a little bit about how this came to be and why you're so passionate about it. And I can see just quick, so can folks know I'm watching Dan's face right now, and he's just rolling his eyes as fast as he can. Yeah. Uh, okay. And, oh, joining us right now looks like it is Scott Schaefer of Upstop Media. Hi, Scott. How are you? Hey, what's going on, Chris? So, uh, okay, talk to us about rollers. Yes. Yeah, so, yeah, I had to bring my partner in crime on for this one because that that was like a joint effort. Yeah, we were we were sitting around talking one day, and we're, we we kind of just like decided that like. Coasters. I love how Dan got up and left. Like he's like, I don't want to. I want no association with this at all. That's fantastic. <laughs> that sums everything up perfectly. Um, but yeah, we were like, okay, people have been saying coasters forever, and we're like, what's like one way that we can leave a mark on this community right now? Yeah. And we decided that it was time for a change. We're gonna make rollers happen. Yeah. And it's actually working. <laughs> so where have you seen your success so far? Oh. <laughs> Where are your battle trophies? Like, like everywhere. Like people, like people literally go as far as if somebody tweets the word coaster, they go and correct them to roller. Like I'll get tagged in things. Hilarious. Like I have, I feel like I have a band of like police officers on the internet that like they come and report to me and they're like, hey, someone said coaster, do something about it. I'm like, yeah, I got you. And it's really funny. And like a lot of big accounts, like the coaster crew, like, uh, you know, like coaster clubs are changing their logos yeah. and sending them to us and being like, we're the roller crew now. <laughs> And like it's just been it's been so crazy. And I uh Kentucky Kingdom actually decided to take it on as their official slang. Yeah, they doubled down on that one. They uh they put up polls, they're they've been tweeting several roller tweets. Yes. It's hilarious. So Kentucky Kingdom is like the official theme park ambassador for rollers. Yeah, now. yeah, yeah. They're gung ho. But we made t shirts uh that we wore to Hollywood Nights. His said, What's your roller count? And mine said, Talk rollers to me. And a few people said that that was the quote of 2020 right there. Talk rollers to me. And people are legitimately like, I would buy merchandise that says stuff about rollers on it. So. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, and, and I mean, as a matter of fact, like, I, I mean, I think American roller enthusiasts has a nice string to it. And are you ready to ride yeah, with us? Are you ready to ride with us is a great <laughs> slogan. I'm just saying. Somebody, I think the best thing that we saw was somebody went on the Wikipedia page and changed the Wikipedia page. It didn't last for long until Wikipedia was like, oh, no, because they're not hip to the roller thing yet. But they changed, it said like, it, it was the page for roller coaster and it was like abbreviated as roller. <laughs> like, yeah. no way. Oh yeah, it was, yeah, it, it was amazing. And, and, what's, and the funny thing about this is like anything else, like a lot of people, they don't like change, they don't like anything different, like when people don't see the humor in it and people get legitimately irritated by us and like every that. and like every time we we tweet or post something with roller in it like there's like a following of people that will go and they will like kind of kind of harass be Dan. us Dan is one of those yeah. people yeah and like and like kind of harass us and be like and they'll say oh oh you know you, you know rollers isn't a thing and then I'm like well coasters are are for cups you know like <laughs> it, it, it it's it's hilarious put your drink um, on. Uh, yeah exactly exactly you put your drink on a coaster and uh 
I actually, when we first came up with this, a good friend of Ace as well, Marcus Lashak. I, te- I was about to bring that up I texted, too. I texted Marcus and I go, hey, I need you to do me a huge favor. And he's like, what? And I'm like, you need to start referring to coasters as rollers because we're making rollers a thing. And Marcus says, absolutely. And then he responds with, not. And then he said, that is the stupidest thing you've ever asked me to do. And I've asked Marcus to do a lot of stupid things. I'm about so, to say, how many so, stupid things have you asked Marcus to do? Lot, I don't know. We we kind of like, we just kind of go back and forth asking each other to do like stupid things. So apparently this is the most stupid. We changed his logo though. We sent him yeah. a, a version of his logo that yeah, was roll, roll in the country. Roll, roll in the country. Roll, roll in the country. The country yeah, yeah, roll in the country, which in my opinion is vast improvement over coasting the country. I agree. But people but, love it. Like, People yeah. feel like they're in like the cool kids club now. Like they say, roll. It's a thing now. Yeah, it's a and fad. It's yeah. not a fad. It's, it's a not fad. going. Any- We're not going anywhere, guys. If you're yeah. listening. If you believe in rollers, we love you, it's a and fad. we're gonna fight for you forever. Yeah, and if this and if this gets uh and if this uh, podcast gets ten thousand listens, Sarah's gonna get uh, rollers for life tattooed. I never agreed to that. <laughs> well, I, I should you know warn you that you don't know our metrics, so you don't know how close we are to ten thousand already. I did not know exactly what I was getting into, but now I am very afraid. Hey, well, you know what? Clearly, this is working enough to the point that Ace wanted to talk to us about it. Something about if Kentucky Kingdom makes a, a roller coaster made exclusively out of rollers, then you guys are going to change your name and logo. So, yeah. Kentucky Kingdom, if you're listening, yeah, get so, on yeah, it. Yeah, Jefferson started working on that yeah. like, today. So the gauntlet has been laid. Well, I don't know if I'm in Camp Roller or not, but I can just hear the people listening to the podcast already putting themselves into each of those camps. And I just find it hilarious that uh, for the three of you that are sitting there, two of you are in Camp Roller and one of you is decisively not. I like how you're saying Camp Roller. Yeah, I like yeah, that. yeah Camp Roller is cool. Like Team Roller is good too. Um, I'm pretty sure at this point too, anybody that, that is not on Team or Camp Roller that's listening has stopped listening. Yeah, probably. They They've already tuned out. We'll know who our real fen- our friends yeah. are by who listens. Yes, thank but, you for the decreased listenership, guys. I really, welcome. I Would think Ace like really to- appreciates that. Yeah. Would you like to formally endorse Rollers while we're here? Uh, I am a neutral third party interviewing, so therefore I cannot. He's the moderator. Yeah. I mean, what's going on here? He's literally just the moderator. <laughs> So as we're wrapping things up here, I'd like to ask all three of you the question I'd like to ask everybody at the end of all of our interviews, which is, what is one thing you think the amusement industry needs more of, and what is one thing they need less of? And I'll start first with Dan. I I honestly think for my what we need more of is recently over the last couple of years, there's been a big jump when it comes to quality of content, and I want, want to see more of that. It's nice to be able to take cell phone videos, but cell phone media is one thing and having a DSLR or a very nice camera that shoots high quality 4K or more, that's what I want to see more of. I, I'm not knocking anybody that's not able to have the means to get a camera. I've always said the best camera to ever have is the one that's in your hand. But I do like seeing the higher quality content that comes out via documentaries or just uh, having a really nice lens set up or something like that. It's um, something that I really hope to see more in the future. As far as less of, targeting uh i'll I'll be completely honest i feel like uh having these channels and whatnot it opens you up to a lot of different hate for no reason there's some people that i guess just are not happy with how things are going in their lives and they feel that you're going to be the target and uh, a way to vent or do something that's the way i feel and i don't think it has any sort of positivity for the industry and i hope people take notice of it and i hope people acknowledge and shut those that they see you're doing this down so no, that's absolutely noble. Scott, what do you think? So I guess the thing I'd like to see more of, and there's a lot of it already, but like there's always room for more, is parks interacting with like the enthusiast community more. You get a lot, like certain parks, certain companies are, are great with it. I feel like there's a lot of parks that just kind of shut us down. They don't like us, don't appreciate us, things like that. Like, I just kind of wish everybody was on board with the um, with the enthusiast community. But I guess if that makes any sense, I mean, man, like you have parks like Kentucky Kingdom, for example, just the keys to the kingdom. It was an amazing event. They 
did like the YouTuber panel, which was the first time anybody's ever done anything like that. Uh, and I think it was a huge success. You know, it's cool to see people that have taken um, a passion and, and sort of made it into a career like that. And uh, to, to give enthusiasts the opportunity, especially like the younger generation, to meet people like this and motivate them, I think is awesome. You know, I've been an ACE member for about 20 years, and you know, I've been to some really amazing events. I feel like a lot of parks are, are they're still doing this, they're still working with enthusiasts. I mean, I even look at, um, like for example, when kind of Voyage was being built, and they're asking us, hey, hey, what do you think the perfect ride would be? What elements go into that perfect roller? And we, we just, and uh, it took all the feedback, and I mean, man, look what they made, you know? It's, you know, I just wish that, that more parks were like that, that more parks were kind of, would kind of work with enthusiasts and use our um, our opinions and our visions and like work with the clubs more. I I think it's just it's it's nothing but positive. As far as less, I I mean I'm gonna kind of like I love what Dan had to say and I and I couldn't agree more. I mean people in this community, you know, there's obviously a lot of love. We're all very passionate about what we do, but there's a lot of hate and I just hate it because you know I I'm friends with so many people. I'm close to so many people. Dan, for example, you know, let's say let's say Taylor. When you, when you just go online and you just see these people kind of like trolling them and it's I, I mean what are you trying to get out of this I mean these are people that are I, in my opinion very positive in the community that are just co- constantly getting hated on and like and um, and harassed and and it's just it does no good for anybody and I don't understand it I mean it's okay to poke fun at people I mean god I poke fun at all my friends all the time they poke fun at me I poke fun at Dan Taylor whatever but it's a different kind of thing because you know us yeah yeah exactly like cancel culture everybody's constantly trying to bring bring each other down I mean there's obviously real reasons why people should be I guess quote unquote canceled but when people try that hard to go after people, it's just it's just unbelievable to me. You know, we're all trying to have a positive in, uh, influence on the community, mm-hmm. and there's just there's no need for that. You know, if, if you have an issue with me personally or Dan or Sarah, just why don't you talk to us instead of go behind our back, kind of blast us online? Well, it makes yeah. no sense. I, I've always said this, and I'm going to bleep myself here. I will always be the nicest a bleep that you'll ever meet. <laughs> just just don't ever you know screw with me. Essentially, yeah. You know, I, I, I will try to be your best friend if you come up to me at an event. I'll spend time and talk to you, you know, and if I'm filming something at a park or something like that, I, all I ask is that you wait until I click off the button and then I'll have a conversation with you. I have no issue doing that. I love being able to meet some of these people that watch our stuff, yeah. but I don't know. That's no, and it's definitely something to adjust to, to like having eyes on you. Like I, you know, you guys have been doing this a lot longer than me, but I'm relatively new and it's, it's been a big adjustment to like be at a theme park and be like, wow, there's, you know, there's always a chance that somebody who knows who I am is like around and like, I, I gotta, you know, and even online, like I feel like I am very, very, very overly cautious of like everything I say, how I word everything. Cause like, I don't want to leave any room for, for somebody to, who's, you know, lurking in the shadows, like you're saying, or trying to find a way to take down like the people who are successful here. And, and I, and I think it's really sad that, you know, there's people who dedicate their time to that, but it's the sad reality. And that's, that's definitely something I'd like to see less of. But I think you're going to find that in pretty much any community. Oh, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Uh, That's just an internet culture thing. But it's just one of those things being in the eyes of kind of like the public, I I guess you could say, I don't want to be a celebrity. I never have wanted to be or anything else like that. But obviously with what I do, people are going to start recognizing. But I mean, Sarah's very vocal online, but she does it in a very concise, constructive way. If you notice with us, we stick to pretty much news, photos and stuff like that. I don't offer political opinions. I don't offer personal opinions or anything else like that. That's the way that we've always been. And that's the way that we're always going to be. So, Sarah, you told us a little bit about the thing that you would like to see less of in the industry. What's something you want to see more of in the amusement industry? You know, I agree with everything that both Scott and Dan said, but I'm going to give my answer based on um, my experience as a woman in this community. And that's that I'd like to see more female involvement. Um, like I said, like starting up GeForce, I, I was stunned at how many girls actually are enthusiasts. And it was kind of upsetting to see how many people commented when we had an introduce yourself forum who were like, I had no idea there were other girls because I keep my mouth shut a lot of the time because when you do speak up and you do put yourself out there you kind of open yourself up to like potentially negative attention and i'm not just talking about sexual harassment just in general sometimes you you get 
you know, you get people who keep trying to like talk to you like in ways that you're uncomfortable with. And when you don't respond, like you, you know, sometimes people will take that so badly that they'll, they'll harass you more. And, you know, that's the sad reality of this. And I think having more women in the community, like banding together and like supporting each other might stop that from happening. And, and I, I feel like just from like the short time that we've had this community going, it's had such a positive impact. More women supporting each other. I want to see us getting out there and going to ACE events and going to other theme parks together. And and a lot of girls told me that they don't have female friends involved in the hobby and they're like uncomfortable going alone. And I think that we're having like a shift in things now where women are connecting through social media and finding out that there's way more of us than we ever knew and that we can we can meet up at parks and we can we can be there for each other. We can be there online, whatever whatever we need. And um, yeah, that's, that's basically what I'd like to see more of. Excellent. Well, Dan Lavelle, Sarah Anderson, Scott Schaefer, thank you three so much for coming in on and talking with us. We really appreciate it. And we look forward to riding a coaster or a roller with you all sometime soon. And the epic debate continues. Thank you all. Appreciate you. Thank Thank you so much. That was fantastic. Well, surprise, surprise. Scott came in there as well. He just seems to find a way, man. I don't know. He's just one of those folks. All right. You were talking a little bit about before the interview, uh, uh, your relationship with Dan and how long you've known him. I've known him. uh, We met at IAPA uh, when it was in Georgia, which was the second IAPA I went to. No, no. I'm sorry. The first IAPA I went to. Uh, That is the first IAPA. It was Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, We met him and Lauren. He lived out in California at the time, and uh, we hung out with him uh, the whole time. And uh, you know, we ended up becoming good friends uh, over the course. Uh, you know, he moved. Out, he was out in California doing stuff, and then uh, we started actually doing stuff together with In the Loop, uh, the uh, podcast and uh, YouTube channel I'm tied to. Um, and then he went off to uh, do uh, Midway Mayhem, and uh, uh, you know, there's. I wish him all the best of luck, but there's one thing that just drives me crazy, Chris. And what's that? That he uses my tagline. Your this is, tagline. I, I this trademark stuff here, Chris. I don't know if it's actually trademarked, but it should be. <laughs> it should be, and I have proof that I've been using it longer than him. So it should be my tagline. So uh, the, the what's that tagline? It's we'll see you on the midway. So I say at the end of all my videos, and I have been for like 10 years now, and then Midway Mayhem pops up, and he starts saying, I'll see you on the Midway. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Uh, that's that's uh, that's that's Mr. Novak. So uh, we're gonna have to go into discussion and see if we can hammer this out before we get, get to litigation and stuff. I'd hate to see it go that far. <laughs> you know, I just wait. So does this come up like every time you all get every together? Every single time, I make sure that he knows that he is using my tagline. Every time, <laughs> every time we'll run into each other at IAPA and uh, you know it's a fun spot wherever we happen to because you know uh, of course the uh, the coaster media uh, circle is a pretty small circle uh, you know uh, because you know, but we all end up in the same places at the same time uh, whether Usually. it's media days or whatever it is and so whenever I run into him I make sure that he knows that he had stolen my tagline so yeah well I know now exactly what I'm going to send you for Christmas and it's going to be your tagline on a t-shirt and that way you can wear it wherever <laughs> Dan's at wherever, wherever Dan's at if, but you better not send him one too i will be so upset chris if you send us both the same tagline shirt i will be so upset I mean, is it not the spirit of the season to oh. rather to give than to receive oh that's my tagline okay you know what let's talk about holiday gifts because this is just getting me all heated here chris okay i'm getting all heated <laughs> over here well, uh, how about some alternative gifts so that we can send you instead or maybe send that enthusiast that's just a the toughest to get off of your list because let's face it we like some pretty particular stuff but there's a few things on our list at least my list that is really interesting and not too tough to find so first one that came to my mind when i was putting my list together is this fantastic book cedar point 150 years this Hmm. book is massive i mean it can probably double as i don't know a house if you put enough of them together they're that big (laughs) but it's got every single thing you could possibly ever want to know about cedar point in that one beautiful bound coffee book 
Wow. Okay. Yeah, I would. Uh, that would definitely be something I would be interested in. I already have a Cedar Point uh, book from years and years ago, a hardcover book, but uh, I imagine that this is uh, more extensive the way you're talking about it. Um, are you a Disney fan, Chris? Just a little. So uh, there is a company called the Bippity, uh, the Bippity Box. No, am I saying that right? Bippity Box. Yeah, I'm saying that right. Uh, yeah. the Bippity, it used to be Bippity Boppity Box. Now it's just Bippity Box. Uh, and it's basically a Disney subscription box that you can do monthly or you can just do one for like the holiday season. And uh, they have different uh, ranges of, of price. It can get kind of expensive, but uh, it is really, really cool to see what you're going to get in this mystery box of Disney stuff. Uh, I get one every month, and uh, I, the last two boxes I've gotten has had a Jim Shore uh, collect, collectible in them, which are really, really nice uh, Disney figurines. Hmm. So uh, that that could be an uh, idea. It's going to be a little on the more expensive side, but uh, those Disney people deserve it, right? <laughs> I mean, yeah, pretty much. They're princesses. They're princesses. <laughs> now, you've got so. a train enthusiast with, I think, a lot of roller coaster enthusiasts started off back in the day as kids who are big on trains, Knobles has you covered. They actually sell an HO scale, and train people will know what that is, Knobles Grove Pioneer Train Station. So you can have the, your very own Pioneer Train Station on your train layout, or put it underneath your tree for your train to stop at. That's super cool. All right. Uh, oh, how about Coaster Dynamics? Uh, they have their uh, what would you call them? Uh, uh, nano Nano coasters uh, that mm -hmm. you can build. Uh, those are really good gift ideas. Some of them can be found on their website. Some can be found on like the Cedar Fair websites, or uh, you know, if you go to your individual park websites. Lots of models to choose from. There's difficulty uh, different difficulty scales and such. Uh, I have Twisted Timbers on my desk. Really enjoyed. I actually use it to display my business cards on so it's multi-purpose for me um but uh yeah i, I love those little things you could uh, have a couple of those under the tree or in the stocking yeah they fit quite nicely because they pack flat uh and if you're looking for a real roller coaster bit you can still purchase the cutouts of the vortex track from king's island uh they might be mm. tough to come by because i don't think they're actually sold in the park anymore i think they ran out but if you find them online every now and then, they are quite literally, they took the circular section of that arrow track, the small section, the actual track, not the big spine, that would be huge, and cut an inch and a half out of it and put it in a very nice, very attractive display, came with a certificate of authenticity. It's a really cool way to own a piece of that legacy of arrow. Shameless plug. <laughs> Ding. Uh, there's also you're gonna have to help me with this, Chris. Uh, there is a place that you can buy uh, roller coaster art and Disney art from. They do like a very retro feel posters uh, that uh, have all sorts of different you know trains and such uh, from different coasters. Uh, I got a couple of them for Christmas a couple years ago and really like those. You frame them, put them up, it makes it look classy. It sounds like the folks from, and it's not actually just one guy, his name's Josh, from Made to Thrill. Uh, yep, and he's yep. got all sorts of cool collections where he does make those posters kind of that Disney-esque style, mm -hmm. but it's in a very modern way. And I've got a couple myself, too, because I just they make any room great. And they're a great way to start a conversation when folks come over, hopefully for some parties really soon. Let's just hope so, right? Yep, COVID, silly COVID. Yeah, silly COVID. I mean, it, now, if you're looking to plan, can't go wrong with the calendar. Of course, Ace has its own calendar, which you can still get plenty of. And that way you can have a different coaster every single month of the year. And here's the cool part, Clint. Every single photo that's featured in the Ace calendar was taken by an Ace member. So if you've got a really spectacular photo of a ride that you love, you send it on in. And guess what? It could come in the calendar. Uh, also, I would just like to point out that uh, that really cool fact, and you could hold that that you can you can have that calendar knowing that me and Chris have looked at all of those photos. So uh, you could just say Clint and Chris have looked at. We didn't have anything to do with the approval process, uh, nothing. But we have looked at the photos, and they are photos that we looked at. So uh, you know that that you could you could also put that in there. Yep. 
Does, does that lower the value and not increase it though? Not sure. That's why I kept it really just, you know, we didn't, we didn't say yes, no, we didn't say good, bad. We just, we looked at the photos and uh, you, you can know that we did that. So there you go, folks. <laughs> you heard it here first. <laughs> and so one of <laughs> Yep. Looked at those photos. We look we sure did. <laughs> Alright, come on, get it back, Chris. There we go. <clears throat> All right. So the last thing that was on my list this year is also a shameless plug. Sky Coaster just launched their brand new online store. So if you're looking to purchase some sort of Sky Coaster gear or a Sky Coaster ripcord, yes, you can purchase an actual Sky Coaster ripcord and they will send it to your house. So that way, if you have like a really long meeting, pull the ripcord, zoom, you're out of there. You want your commute to go faster? Pull the ripcord, zoom, you're already at work. Or actually, it should be the other way around. You're at work, you pull the ripcord, zoom, you're back home. And yes, <laughs> it comes with that exact sound effect. Okay, you're going to have to explain this a little more. It's the ripcord, okay? It's the yes, thing the that you pull. physical ripcord yeah. that you would pull. You can buy one. Yeah, and when you pull it, it actually makes the sound? Or were I mean, you I being... Cannot, I'm, I'm, there may be some alliteration if, there. If you if you ran fast enough, it makes that sound? Yes. <laughs> yes, yes. If you can run fast enough to your car after pulling the ripcord, you will get yes. the zoom sound. So, okay, yes. good. All right. And I'm hoping eventually they're going to come up with some additional merchandise, like, I don't know, uh, maybe an apron that looks like a Sky Coaster harness. <laughs> Are you listening, folks, at Ride Entertainment? That is hilarious. Oh, my God. Cook to thrill, baby. Cook to thrill. I love it. (laughs) An apron that's a sky coaster. Oh, my God. That's for next year's Christmas list. Yep. There you go. There you go. All right. Well, that is the uh, gift ideas uh, for those hard-to-buy coaster enthusiasts. So if you uh, uh, have somebody you're buying for, you can uh, jot down some of those ideas, and hopefully you can get those before Christmas. And uh, that pretty wrap. That pretty much wraps up the show uh, for the year, right, Chris? For a, a year to remember. Well, maybe not remember too much, but to remember for all the good times. How's that? There you go. There you go. At one step at a time, it's getting better. So mm-hmm. uh, I want to thank all of the hardworking people behind the scenes who make this podcast happen. There's a long list of people, and uh, because of them and their hard work and sacrifice, we were able to put together uh, this, this uh, nicely sounding audio file. Yes, and the most important thing to remember is that none of us are paid for this. We're all volunteers. Sorry to break it to to you, Clint. (laughs) There's no Christmas bonus coming. (laughs) But we do it for the love of the industry and the love of Ace. So thank you all for listening and helping the podcast grow. Let us know how we're doing. Send us an email at podcast at aceonline.org with any of your comments, any of your ideas. You never know. You just might get featured on the cast. As you listen to this podcast, you are probably listening on some type of uh, streaming service, whether it's you know, iTunes or, or it, is iTunes still exist? Yeah, iTunes is still a thing. Okay, iTunes or uh, or like I listen to it through uh, Google Podcasts. Uh, whatever it is, whatever way you listen, there is always a feature that uh, you can like the podcast, subscribe to the podcast. We'd definitely appreciate it if you guys could do that. Uh, always lets us know uh, how many people are out there, and uh, it's always always great to know that people are liking what we do. Because remember, we're doing this for you all, and we want to make sure that it's the best possible podcast. Well, Chris is doing it for you all. I do it because I get a chance to hang out with Chris. Oh, stop it. (laughs) I've seen more sap come out of a Christmas tree. Oh, man. All right. Well, that wraps up the show. Thank you guys very much for listening. I'm Clint Novak. And I'm Chris Roberry. Have a safe and happy holiday season. We'll see you all in 2021. And we'll see you on the Midway. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you very much for listening. My name is Clint Novak. 
And I'm Chris Roberry, and we'll see you out on the Midway. Hey, that's my line! Ride With Us is volunteer produced by the American Coaster Enthusiasts. ACE is a registered 501c3 charitable organization founded for the preservation and enjoyment of roller coasters around the world. Visit aceonline.org for more information. 